This is Teach Play Love. The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages 0 to 8. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood expert, Education Vice President Rachel Robertson. And make the most out of every chance to teach, play, and love. Have you ever been so frustrated with your child's behavior that you lose your composure? Maybe you raise your voice or say something in the heat of the moment that you regret later. We've all been there. But when children act up, it's because they're trying to tell us what they're feeling with the way they're behaving. So how can we turn these moments of frustration into moments of learning instead? Rachel and Ruth take it from here. Ruth, we're together again for another great conversation. Today, the topic I want to talk about is children's behavior, particularly behavior that challenges adults and how to think about it and respond to it in the most effective ways. That's a really complex topic, Rachel, and I know one that many parents are going to say they struggle with. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, me too. As my career has gone from teacher in a classroom to leader to author to my current role, the way I think about challenging behaviors has really just changed so much. How we think about behaviors influences how we respond to them. So maybe we should start there. How has your thinking changed, Rachel? Thinking back on it, early on, I thought of challenging behaviors really as a problem with a child. I can see, thankfully, that I also instinctively knew that children needed help in those moments when they were acting out or just wouldn't cooperate or having one of those famous tantrums. But I I just really didn't understand at that point how much adult expectations in the environment or the context children are in played a part in causing that behavior. That is a lot of change thinking on your part. I noticed when you introduced this topic, Rachel, you said behavior that challenges adults. Was that intentional? Yes, it was. Absolutely. I think that change in language is really important because it implies that the adult is challenged by the behavior versus making the child or the behavior the culprit. I'm not saying that sometimes children's behavior isn't maddening or that if you understand what is happening and why it's happening, that you could always prevent those challenges. But knowing more about it and why it's happening does give a person pause to consider what's really going on. You know, I'm pausing to think about that as I'm listening to you. I'm thinking about times with my own kids where I thought, why don't they just listen? Me too. I remember many moments like that. Unfortunately, I hate to break it to you, but knowing what I know doesn't exempt me from being faced with child behaviors that challenge me, nor does it ensure I don't make any mistakes as a parent. Wait, does that mean you don't have a magic wand for these behaviors? Yeah, sorry to disappoint, but no. But what I can say is that knowing more about the appropriate behavior expectations for children and a context that supports positive behaviors can eliminate so many of those challenges. So then when they do happen, you have more energy and patience to face those ones that you encounter. Okay, that's almost as good as a magic wand. So tell us more about what you mean by appropriate expectations. Okay, so before I do that, let's just think about what's going on with young children. They have some big responsibilities on their shoulders. 
they have to figure out how literally everything works. What are the rules? What are they capable of? What are they thinking? What do they think about what they're thinking? What are others thinking? They have to figure out what happens all the time and what only happens sometimes. How to interact with friends or family. And then there's different rules for how to interact with strangers or adults versus children. They're supposed to be developing independence, but sometimes they're developing too much independence and too fast. It's a really complicated set of responsibilities they have. They're also on top of it. They're just changing constantly as all of these skills and knowledge is developing. I'm exhausted just thinking about all of that. Yeah, me too. So my point is to stress that children are supposed to be learning, trying, experimenting, growing, testing. As researcher Alison Gopnik says, they are the research and development department of the human race. They are our original movers and shakers. So a lot of their challenging behavior can be attributed to these natural tendencies and developmental milestones that are supposed to be happening. And then this is mixed with children often being expected to know or have the capacity to do more than they can. I see what you're saying, Rachel, but give us an example. Okay. There's so many. So let's just start with the idea of waiting, as in an adult telling a child to sit there and wait or wait a few minutes or you're going to need to wait until after dinner. So just think about all that goes into being able to wait. You have to control your body, control your impulses, sometimes for a long period of time. And children are often doing this without knowing why they're doing it. So it's in service to someone else's goal that they're waiting. They don't know how to tell time or have a good sense of time. They also have to resist temptation, delay any kind of sense of gratification for themselves while they're waiting. All of these things are emerging skills in children. Some of those skills are so sophisticated adults struggle with them. So a child is inevitably going to struggle with waiting. And the younger they are, the harder it's going to be. So if an adult expects a child to wait, and then the child tries, but then gets up or fidgets or something happens, that's not because the child is doing something intentional. It's just a mismatch between adult expectation and the child's ability? Yeah, that's right. And even when a child is a bit older... If they're asked to wait too long or too often, they may struggle. It's not that they don't know how. It's just that something else might be more important for them at the moment, or they just don't know how to do it perfectly yet. I'll give you another example that I know challenges adults quite a bit is something like hitting. A really important tip that I want everyone to consider related to behavior for children I guess all people really, is that behavior is a form of communication. So a child is communicating in the best way that they know how in the moment. Often the best way they know how when they're really little is to do something physical. And this is when a lot of hitting happens. They are telling us something. Maybe they're frustrated, mad, or jealous, or scared. Maybe they're just trying to figure out how the world works and figuring out, will the same thing happen each time I do this? In addition, They don't fully understand perspective and how something else feels to someone else. So it's not as intentionally harmful as it would be if it was hitting an adult, which is thankfully when all those skills do start to develop, the hitting kinds of behaviors do start to diminish. Behavior as a 
form of communication. That makes a lot of sense. That's a good thing to think about. Tell us more about what you mean about the context or environment and how that can impact behavior. Yeah, this is something like bringing a two-year-old to a place where they can't touch anything for a long time, or maybe just a jam-packed schedule without any time for free play or a lot of sitting or screen time in your day. It's something in their space or their schedule that works counter to their developmental abilities and needs. Frankly, I even have a hard time in a place where I can't touch anything. But are you saying that a parent can't have expectations or shouldn't maybe respond to this behavior because a child can't help it? That's good clarification. And I definitely am not saying that. Children need adult guidance in many situations, including when their behavior is challenging. Some guidance comes in the form of natural consequences, and this does help them learn. In addition to that, I am recommending that you make sure your expectations for their behavior are realistic and that situations that you're putting children in are a match for their current capabilities. So then when something does occur, you're thinking about your response to the behavior as an opportunity to teach a skill that they're missing because that behavior is communicating to you that they need something and they don't know an appropriate way to respond to it. So this is your opportunity to teach. Consider the moment. Think about what skill your child needs. So next time they can manage the situation just a little bit better. It Maybe it's they need help expressing their feelings or ideas for resolving conflict or they need ideas for something to do while they wait. Yeah, I like that idea to think of your response to behavior as an opportunity to teach. That sounds like really sound advice. But Rachel, in the heat of the moment, it's hard to think of that, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. You can't really say to a four-year-old, you're going to need to pause from that screaming so I can evaluate what skill you're missing. And of course, there are times when your two-year-old is going to come with you to a family member's house that inevitably has 50 breakable things all at the perfect two-year-old height. So sometimes you are going to be in situations where you're managing the situation rather than being able to teach a behavior for next time. But even when you're doing this, it's a good idea to put proactive measures in place that helps you avoid or at least minimize the chance of a challenge. So some proactive measures might be things like having healthy snacks along and a bag with some special toys or books. Is that is that kind of what you're saying about being proactive? Those are perfect suggestions. And even those tried and true games like I Spy or Simon Says, another proactive measure is to discuss the expectations before you're in the situation. And this is as simple as, we're going into the store. Today, we're going to get about 10 things, and then we will check out. We are not going to buy any candy today, but you can help me put everything in the cart and help me count them while we do that. But can you do that even with a toddler? You can, but you'll need a lot of reminders, simple instructions, short time spans that require them to recall and apply expectations pretty immediately after you tell them. Also. A reminder about the expectations and making sure you don't change the rules on them might not work every time, but it will build their skills over time. That's a good point, Rachel. So let's go back to your comment about considering how you respond to behavior as an opportunity to teach. Tell us more about that and give us some examples. Okay. So an example would be 
maybe you're noticing your child isn't really understanding other people's perspectives and you want them to learn more about that. So you can teach that proactively. You can do this by acting on your own feelings out loud and comparing your feelings to your child's in the same situation. You could do this while reading a story and reflect on the feelings of the different characters while they're in the same situation. You can guess based on illustrations. And then you can also do this when you see something starting to happen, like your child is getting really angry, or you know that they tend to be physical when they get angry, and then prepare them for that. So you talk about mad feelings ahead of time, or you model and teach them what to do by showing them what you do when you're angry. I know this can feel silly for adults, but literally, quite literally saying, oh, I feel really mad inside. I don't want to hurt anyone, but I do want to do something with these feelings. I feel like screaming. And then maybe you do show them like scream into a pillow, or maybe you get do something like get some Play-Doh out and pound it around or practice some mindfulness techniques. We have a really great podcast episode on mindfulness and maybe parents will end up laughing at the end of a challenging incident instead of feeling frustrated or overwhelmed. Yeah, that would be great. So I have a question. How can a parent learn more about children's development so they know what skills and abilities they do have? There are a lot of good resources out there, but this will also be the topic of our next podcast. We'll do a deeper dive into social emotional development. Oh, I'm really looking forward to that one. So let me switch gears a bit and ask you about something I bet it's on a lot of people's mind. Are you saying that when children have challenging behavior, there shouldn't be any consequences, just lessons? Well, let's talk about the idea of consequences for a moment. So Ruth, tell me something. What do you think of when you hear the word punishment? My first thought is my mother saying, Ruth Gale. Yeah, it sounds like someone's in trouble in that scenario. So how about when I say the term positive guidance? Well, positive guidance sounds more like you're going to help me. Good. That's the exact point. When we respond to children's behavior with positive guidance, then we are really treating it as a form of communication. We're thinking, okay, this child is telling us something. They're maybe telling us, I don't know how to do what you expect me to do, or I'm tired, or I'm hungry, or I forgot, or I'm nervous, or I'm just in the mood to test my independence today. Or maybe it's, yeah, I could have done this earlier today, but I've had a really long day and I'm kind of out of my (laughs) developmental capacities for this. So does that apply to all children? For young children, which we're talking about today, in most cases, their behavior is in response to something versus anything intentional or meant as harm. Even though all of us who've been on the receiving end of a toddler tantrum in the middle of a grocery store sure feel like it is an intentional act of harm. So let me summarize this. There can be a consequence in the form of positive guidance. And the best way to choose the right response is to think about how you can help teach. So your child might be a bit more able to handle the situation the next time it comes up. Is that right? Exactly. And they might not apply all the new lessons right away or perfectly, but they will get there through guidance. They will not get there through consequences meant to punish. Punishments stop a behavior in the moment, but they do not build any capacity or skill. 
And that's what we want to do so they can handle the situation better the next time. Talk to us a little bit about natural consequences, Rachel. Sure. So natural consequences are are a really good tool to have available to you. Natural consequences are letting something happen that would be the result of your child's behavior. I will say that sometimes you can't let them happen. So you need to be sure that it's safe and fair. But most of the time, there can be a good natural consequence that allows a child to learn from the situation rather than you having to teach them. This is, for example, if your child forgets something, if you resist the urge to bring it to them, their natural consequence is having to get through a day without that thing. And they're more likely to learn then through that experience. Or for a younger child, if they don't hold your hand when walking, but then as soon as you let go, they start running ahead, then the consequence is they do have to hold your hand. I'm going to ask you something a little bit more controversial. What are your thoughts on some of the typical consequences like timeouts or even spanking? I'm going to address each one of those separately. Timeouts, the nature of a timeout can be effective for taking a break and getting control of emotions. I advocate that they're actually referred to as taking a break and include some self-calming options like mindfulness activities, stress balls, books, maybe even some soft textures like blankets or pillows. Timeouts alone are not effective in teaching, so a child isn't gaining anything to help for the next situation. But that's why I say teach some calming techniques and allow for it to be a break, because that is a lesson. It's a good lesson to say sometimes you do need to take a break from a situation and calm yourself. And then when you're through that experience, then you have time and the ability to think through what went wrong and teach the lesson then. But as for spanking, I'll say that there is conclusive evidence indicating it can be harmful. Spanking, I know, can be a divisive topic because so many of us in our generation or generations before were spanked. And we often say things like, well, we turned out fine. But like anything, especially with development, when we know better, we should do better. The research has been marching on and we should learn from it, just like we do with research in other fields like medical or technology. You're right. It's always difficult to change thinking about something, but it's equally important to be willing to do so on behalf of your child. That's really well said, Ruth. When children are exhibiting behavior that challenge adults, they feel out of control themselves. They're not enjoying the moment and it can feel pretty miserable. They're really looking to us as the adults to help them through it. So responding with empathy and understanding can turn the situation around so much faster. One of my favorite quotes is, when little people are overwhelmed by big emotions, it is our job to lend them our calm, not join in their chaos. Ooh, that's a really lovely way to sum things up, Rachel. I think so too. Behaviors that challenge adults, I know they can be the hardest part of parenting and I have experienced it myself. But with a few mindset shifts and a lot of these proactive ideas in your pocket, I hope you feel more equipped to respond to those challenging behaviors lovingly and successfully, at least most of the time. So those times when your child has an outburst or acts up, it's actually developmentally appropriate. It's their way to grow, test, experiment, and ultimately learn. But they do need adult guidance to understand those big emotions. So instead of having consequences for such behavior, Rachel says guide them in a positive way. 
and that way children can truly benefit from those moments. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us and find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love and rediscover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.